Welcome to the Secret Nerd Podcast, where we think everyone should play tabletop RPGs and give you some reasons why. With me today, I am so very excited. I have with me an absolutely incredible artist, a wonderful performer, a podcaster recently, and yeah, among a bunch of other things. So yeah, if you would like to introduce yourself so we can get into this. Hello, I am Ami Han, a TTRPG artist, performer, podcast producer, et cetera, et cetera, part-time wind deity. You know how it is. Um, I'm here. And part-time deity life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's tough. We, we both, you know, we both know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Amihan, uh, where I always like to get started is how did you get into nerd stuff? Well, um, if we're talking like general nerd stuff, mm-hmm. yeah, general oh boy, nerd stuff. that was handed to me at a very young age. Yeah, like spoon fed to me by my mother. <laughs> um, she was really, really big X Men fan. Um, okay. I was born in I was born in ninety five, right? Yeah. <laughs> so just so everybody knows, um, <laughs> so I, I don't know. It was like always something like comic book related around me or like um disney yeah and it was particularly disney animation but like other handfuls of like well basically if it was animated it was probably something i watched something yeah Um, yeah yeah. uh and then that kind of was like a gateway into all other forms of animation once the internet became accessible to everybody um so anime and like studio uh ghibli films yeah. Uh led one thing led to another and then I got into cosplay and then like I later discovered TTRPGs. Ah, incredible. So how old were you when you first got into cosplay then? Oh boy. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. I should like I shouldn't act like I'm <laughs> I can't remember those things. Um but like I I I was like in high school. Okay. Um Probably fourteen. Yeah, was it like a convention that you wanted to go to, or how did how did that happen? It did start with like a convention, but it was also um, whenever I would uh, be online and like different. Uh, we should we. It was still forums. It was like forums yeah. transitioning into Tumblr. People would cosplay. <laughs> yeah. People would cosplay. Um, different anime characters that i liked a lot okay. and i was like oh what's this how are you like dressing up as them and i always loved like halloween for example and dressing up as characters anyway during that i just yeah. thought it was cool to have an, an excuse to do it any other time besides halloween yeah so yeah that's cool i'm trying to think like now like going back to like those early digital cameras and like the early like phone camera and how awful <laughs> the resolution mm. is and how awful everyone was at lighting and i'm trying to like vision envision that you know cosplay putting on a on a a forum versus like 
now where everybody's kind of got an idea of like, oh yeah, like this is how I can get some good lighting. And this is like just a regular ass camera on my phone that apparently can take a 10K picture. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, I wasn't like, I'd say I was, I started joining cosplay during the renaissance of it, like mm. the first one, um, because mm. there were like, it's like they had like, um, like when I was in high school, it was like mainly just like digital cameras, but yeah, like yeah. as soon as I like, um, like got to college, it was, it started transforming from cameras to like phone, phone camera stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, because Instagram, yeah, Instagram in 2012, just kind of like shot up in like usage and stuff like that. And I, yeah. I was like there. So I'm, I'm like, Wow, cool. I know cosplay, some cosplay history. I don't I wasn't there yeah. in the very beginning, but yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So yeah, so was it just like uh do you remember what like some of your first cosplays then? Oh yes. Um if you I want to was, talk about them. I, I don't <laughs> mind it. I mean there's no evidence of this on the internet. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, yeah. I'm like <laughs> um, Tumblr's, but, Tumblr's making a resurgence. Be careful. Yeah, I guess I should. Was, <laughs> no, <laughs> nobody, nobody looking. No, it's fine. It's it really isn't. I don't have any pictures up yeah. of it because I didn't really take much. But like um, Lena Lee from D. Grayman, mm. um, CL Phantom Hive from Black Butler, and I believe my like yeah Mikasa from Attack on Titan. And nice. that was that that was it back then, and yeah. I'm here now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Did you uh, did you grow up on the East Coast? Yes, I did. Yeah, um, always up been been over here in uh, Tidewater area, of Virginia. Very, okay. that's where I grew up. <laughs> yeah. Is that like uh, that area of Virginia pretty diverse, or are you one of the few minorities there? Um, it's diverse because it's the Navy okay. um, area, the 757 yeah, yeah. in general. Like that's, it's a Navy town and mm-hmm. most people from like who joined the military just move there. Um, it's, um, I mean, the neighborhoods I lived in were predominantly black. Um, okay. and that I think is more like reflective of how, um, his history has informed that area. Yeah, I yeah. don't want to go too into it, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. I know I know everything about like how that happened. Like yeah. um, but like it's mostly like uh people from all over joining the military being stationed in the navy and then like the population that was like already lived there for generations. Um yeah. and yeah, that's I mean, yeah. That's how my grandparents met. Yeah. <laughs> through the yeah. military so yeah <laughs> that's cool yeah so do you feel like like where you grew up then um you know being uh a kid who was uh mixed and and into nerdy stuff like was that something that you ever had to like really navigate in any kind of like way even if it was like a positive way yeah um so it was it was interesting uh my my family itself was very like mixed. I I say I tell this to like everybody all the time. I've already I've spoken about 
being mixed before but like i say that i'm black and filipino it's more than that and it's more complicated but i can't yeah, explain it for sure. um, yeah. i'm the same i'm like i don't want to get into this yeah <laughs> so, just understand it's this <laughs> yeah so i mean th- those are the dominant cultures that i've mm-hmm. participated in what mm-hmm. were influenced by growing up um but uh i know again like my mom was like a big nerd and so is my uncle mm-hmm. um and that's more so like the, just because of the media that they had been able to like grow up on yeah um and i'd i'd, I'd even say like it's not necessarily that it was like a thing that they just kept away it was more like they didn't it's like they didn't have ways to be like nerds they didn't go to conventions or anything because mm-hmm. like they grew up in like the 80s and stuff yeah, and yeah. <laughs> it, we didn't have access to that kind of stuff no san diego comic-con no nothing mm-hmm. so like um so for me when i like grew up i like wanted to draw a lot like i yeah. i do art now but it's mm-hmm. uh because i always loved <laughs> animation and things like that and so they encouraged that until a certain age but they encouraged it (laughs) um (laughs) they encouraged it as an artist a form of artistic expression and that's that's um that's kind of shaped everything um my mom took me to comic book stores very she very much encouraged a lot of the exploration that's awesome yeah it's great to have somebody in your life who will like let you do that and like and embrace it and kind of put you in that direction so um Mm -hmm. yeah i love that do you you said your your art was uh was uh reinforced for a while was it when you wanted to go to art school is that like was that the thing i know a lot of people have that experience of like (sighs) oh (laughs) and your parents like no no not art school yes I, sort of. So um, in high school, I was part of this program called the International Baccalaureate, and we had options for advanced, like specific classes you could take. <laughs> and there was a, there was something called IB Art uh, what, that I was very interested in, but then there was also like IB Psychology or IB um, mm-hmm. a specific language, <laughs> and I was like. I want, I'm interested in the art. And they were like, well, can you do anything with that? Really? <laughs> like, in college applications, you know, yeah. if you're going to apply, like, what is that going to actually do? And, like, basically, that was, I guess, the conversation. Yeah. So, um, and I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll do psychology. <laughs> Fine. Um, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I mean, it it didn't work anyway for me. Like mm-hmm. I found my way back to art as like perhaps one can see on yeah. <laughs> social media. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. That's cool. When did you like transition from like doing like, you know, pen and paper pencil, like to digital art? Um, that also happened during high school. Okay. Uh, cause I asked for my birthday, my grandpa, um, for a, a a drawing tablet, and yeah. it was one of those like Wacom tablets. It didn't have the screen on it and everything. Mm. It was just those those cheaper ones, like yeah. that. Just you jo- use a pen, and then it translate it translates it from the tablet to the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wore the hell out of that thing. Yeah, just <laughs> um, and I 
started to like in in my young age on the internet I had a deviant art and I started to cultivate a following around my art I I, I put in quotation marks I'm putting quotation yeah, marks yeah, yeah. here um <laughs> for, for the listeners um and I what I mainly drew was like adventure time fan art and mm. um Legend of Korra, Young Justice. Nice. That's that's and it wasn't it wasn't great, guys, but it was still like <laughs> hey, people got excited about somewhere. it. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We all start somewhere. It's it's I mean, that's one of the things about art that's kind of amazing is like there I've seen so many different artists who have a following who like don't make art that I enjoy um there's cartoons that are widely popular that i'm like i hate this art style and i don't understand why anybody watches this um so but it's like but that's the thing it's like my opinion doesn't matter it's subjective right and Mm -hmm. and we also we have to start somewhere like all of our early art was not the best Uh, it takes practice and it takes a lot of repetition yeah and then you'll stop doing it or if you do stop doing it and you try to come back to it you're gonna be like fuck all right no, yeah, you're, you're you're right. No, like, if you don't mind, I, I've I've been seeing your journey with your art, and it, it just reminds me a, a lot of mine. And I'm like, man, art anybody like anybody can learn it, and it can yeah. be like you know whether or not like people like I don't know feel maybe they feel like discouraged about like the age they learn it because now people are learning it a lot like mm-hmm. younger like. I see artists like 16 year olds just have this fantastic, like, yeah, I, I can't even like, uh, words, but like, <laughs> and I'm like, well, well, damn, I wish I had access to this, this and that. But like, mm-hmm. if people have access to things now, like, yeah, they should be able to, and they should be able to like, you know, everybody should be able to make art for, you know, art. Sorry. I'm tangled up in the mic. <laughs> Hold <laughs> on. Uh, everybody should be able to like, make art i think every i think it helps people Mm -hmm. like you know have a creative outlet but also just like it's it's a very i feel i feel like people underestimate it a lot um i i I don't want to get too much into ai discourse but that Mm, like so (sighs) fuck ai that's our (laughs) yeah fuck ai (laughs) (laughs) um yeah no totally i i agree like i mean i spent my entire life just drawing with the pencil um Mm. i try to avoid paint as often as i could i obviously like art classes make you paint in high school and stuff like that um but i just didn't want to do it and then uh yeah and then i was like last year for my birthday i was like i really want uh a drawing pen and a tablet and so now i have this wacom tablet and Mm. um yeah and it was like the first thing i'm like I should have watched so many YouTube videos before I got this thing or something <laughs> because like, yeah, I didn't know like how to stabilize the pen. I like, oh, I, I'm like, how do you yeah. work in layers? Like all of this yeah. different stuff that was just driving me absolutely nuts to like, I know what I want to draw mm-hmm. and I cannot get this image onto the um, canvas, if you will. So uh, mm. yeah, you know, lots of struggles and talking to friends and some YouTube videos later and <laughs> yes. I'm still learning, but it's like, yeah, I mm-hmm. mean, at 30, four years old i'm starting yeah. my journey so yeah yeah and that's that's fantastic i love seeing people learn these things and then like fall in love with it it's yeah. it's such an amazing outlet way to create it's it's great yeah i, I really don't need any more hobbies but 
<laughs> Here we are. <laughs> More the merrier. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, no, that's so good. So, like, obviously the uh, TV shows and stuff like that. You said you were doing like a lot of like fan art from. Um, were you doing not just those drawings of like the uh, actual characters from the show, but were you also doing stuff that was like your original characters and stuff like that? Yes. Um, and k- kind of. Okay. So I, <laughs> well, this, this will probably tell everybody a lot about me. So I really loved um, relationships. I loved mm. love. I loved the characters that you would ship together. Yeah, yeah. So, like, for Adventure Time, I loved Marceline and Bubblegum. So I draw a lot of them. Mm. But um, I'd also, like, have ideas for original characters in the world. But they wouldn't get as much, like, I guess they weren't, like, as loved as the art of the characters people knew. So that discouraged me from Mm. doing it. Um, So I'd say, like legitimately like it wasn't until ttrpgs where i like actually got to explore yeah original characters yeah i was gonna ask that so yeah so that's interesting um when so when did you get introduced to ttrpgs then um so actually uh two things were happening at once Mm. um i met gwen and (laughs) we started dating and she was my introduction to TTRPGs, um, um, primarily D anD D. But um, and this we're was also back in like D anD D today. Everybody, yes, we are. <laughs> we are pissed. Fans off. of the show are like Navar. You you don't like D anD D. It's fine. Uh, I I anyway. Yeah, we're gonna move on. I'll let you. Yes, <laughs> no, so true, so true. Um, I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't the only thing, but like yeah, yeah. I. That was like what 2016, 2017. Mm. But um so she got me like into the concept of him, but yeah. at the same time, um <laughs> I joined TikTok. Um yeah. and I had um sorry, this is like a long, complicated, like no, not long, but <laughs> yeah. like this is like a string of events yeah. just happening. So Gwen got me into D D, like understanding the concept of it mm-hmm. not necessarily like in love with it though yeah um i had i didn't have the greatest experience my um my gm was white and so i they they mm-hmm. made characters for me and that mm-hmm. was like strange yeah but um <laughs> <laughs> uh the uh sorry getting back on track um I was kind of in heavily involved in the world of like cosplay and then um, TikTok as an app got like introduced and I was there like at the beginning of TikTok, not when it was musically, <laughs> but when it was TikTok. Yeah. And cosplayers were cosplaying on there. And yeah. over the year uh, of uh, 2019, I like started cosplaying uh, Isabella from Dragon Age mm-hmm. Um and I found a community of Dragon Age TikTokers, um, and two of them <laughs> I know now, um, and uh, some people might be familiar with um, Royal Space Fish, which is uh, my other partner Nico. Mm-hmm. Um, he was uh, cosplaying from Dragon Age, and then Joey, who is um, a 
my friend and a player on Capricious Provenance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was another Dragon Age cosplayer, and they uh, they were both in um, uh, they were both like involved in something Nico had created called Zayfriend D and D, which is like uh, basically you cosplay as your D and D character for this campaign, and then you like interact with other people. Yeah who decide to join this campaign, but it was like a tag and it was like, whoever wanted to be there can join is there was no limit and there was no like game structure to it. So it was like, you use the lore of D and D, some of the lores of D and D to kind of create this TikTok interactive experience. Yeah. Um, and somebody else, uh, created a discord for it. And then somebody else created like a fan, like, like role play kind of interaction uh, thing. And it sort of grew from there. It was like a collaborative effort. And then that is what really got me into like, I guess the, the concept of like TTRPGs outside of um, D and D because people in there played other things like monster of the week Mm -hmm. or pathfinder or, um, well, I can't think of everything right now, but like, (laughs) you know, yes. Like, yeah, like that. that's cool. Yeah, that's so interesting. Like, that's um, for me specifically, I don't think I could ever do that, but I think that it's very exciting. Uh, just because I'm not in, I'm not into it, it's like you know, I, I still think it's really cool because um, I can't even take a selfie, first of all, uh, <laughs> let alone make a TikTok. Uh, so <laughs> I can physically do it. I'm just, that's not going to happen. Um, feel that. I feel yeah, that. Yeah. But like, I, I, I love that idea of this experience around like the characters and like the actual, like the role play of, of those characters. And I think that's like, what's so fun about TTRPGs is like, there's these games and there's these structures, but like when we get down to, the meat of it like we just want to tell a story together and finding a new way to tell a story together using some of these ideas i think is a lot of fun to explore oh my god absolutely yeah i i thought i think that was like the most uh beautiful part of it mm-hmm. um and it was like its own thing it wasn't like it wasn't like D related at all really mm-hmm. it just like took bits and pieces from it but it was just everybody like having these characters and then deciding to like build a story around them and interact with a bunch of people who yeah. wanted to create a story it's like uh i feel like it's like taking like the forum role play to the next level <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah that's what it did remind me of because like i didn't um uh, I th- yeah, I think like the last time I did role play was like when I was like in middle school yeah. on Gaia Online. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah, that's funny. Um. Yeah. No, that, I mean that's cool. So you you mentioned casually uh, capricious provenance and um, what is that for folks who don't know? So Capricious Provenance is, um, I'll give you the spiel here, like yeah. all queer and trans BIPOC-led uh, D&D 5e podcast. Mm-hmm. And I know we hate it, but like, <laughs> I promise you. Uh, um, our, like most good G- D&D podcasts, it has very little to do with D&D. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> our, our GM Gwen, Glitchy Pixie, mm. does a great job of like uh, re- 
reforming the world of Eberron around mm. of our, our characters. It's it's like a it's an arcane punk like homebrewed, partially homebrewed world yeah. of Eberron. Um and it explores um like four characters finding themselves at the center of an apocalyptic conspiracy. And mm. of course if you like apocalypses, that's fun. But yeah. um it's it is about it's it's a story of like trust and fate and mm. love and all those delicious concepts mm-hmm. um and friendship um in a world of like post-war turmoil yeah um and that's the focus of it just living in a world that is torn apart by um the actions of the generations that existed there previously and finding a way to heal that and also confront the traumas they all face as a result of um the the war and the the terrible things that were were done before them just um i feel like I feel like another, uh, and you know, I, it's like, I don't want to like offer spoilers in of any sort, but I think yeah, it's yeah. important to like say this. I think it's a very good, um, it's, it's a very, the way I see it now, it, it centers around generational trauma as mm. well. Yeah. And that's something I like exploring in media that I yeah. have not seen a lot of until recently with like, um, the Disney movie Encanto for example mm-hmm. yeah yeah um yes yeah so no i love that i think uh i listened to a little bit of it and i have really enjoyed it um i think some of the things that make it great like one i think obviously all of you really love your characters um and the character voices are great uh and mm-hmm. the story is just interesting and i think like you can definitely see a lot of those themes um even early on in like the um the prologue that you guys created of like uh this like radio interview which i fucking love it's so good (laughs) i'm so glad (laughs) so glad um yeah this is tangential but like uh obviously like gwen has a very distinctive voice um Mm -hmm. and we in our star wars uh podcast Mm -hmm. that we're still recording um gwen did some guest lines and Dusty surprised us with them uh, the Ooh, other day. And uh, yes. yeah, there was, we all freaked out. <laughs> so, <laughs> Gwen, I was like, I didn't even pay attention to anything that happened. I was just so excited that <laughs> Gwen was here. Yes. Gwen is, is so talented. And I, more than anything, I, this is like a love letter to like her um, mm. and her ability to like put together, you know, a story, but also yeah. immerse us in a world. She plays so many different NPCs, and you will get to like listen to her range of talent. I, mm-hmm. For example, Kalei has um, five other siblings. Yeah, every single voice she made made for them is so distinct. Sometimes they have like conversations with each other, and you can like you're <laughs> like, is this a different person? Like, she's so talented, and I'm like, I give you like the worst challenge, which is give you like five siblings to like be, and then yeah. you. You took that personally. You you took that and you like, <laughs> ugh, she's great. Yeah, <laughs> incredible. Yeah, um, for sure. Everybody go listen to that show, uh, definitely. Um, but I'm curious, like, did that, so did this show, just because of your story from the TikToks, like, did this start from the TikTok? Um, um, you know, 
I would I will say a l- somewhat I, mm. I a little um because yeah. the world that um it's like it's like Nico started the hashtag but mm. it's like everybody that was a part of it there were like a hundred plus members in the oh, server wow. they kind of created their own story for it and it kind of like it left like yeah. the original hands and then it took its a form of its own like um so. We we did keep the f- some of the friendships from it, and yeah. uh, um, so it's it was Gwen, um, me, and then Nico, Kermi, or Joey. Um, mm. What they they go by both names, mm. um, and uh, Kenzie. Um, we all had like friendships that kind of stemmed from that campaign, and then we were decide we decided like we wanted to have a campaign together too. Yeah. Um, and. Gwen kind of like pulled us aside like way back in 2020. I I said way back, but like it, it really feels it feels so long ago. It feels yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> um and uh we all had we all had come with different kinds of characters. I think Nico and Kenzie were the only ones to come with new characters. Okay. Um Joey came with a character Snowy that they had made but never got to really play with yeah. and I came with Kalei, who I already made, but I never got to play with because uh, the last campaign he was in fell out. Mm. So I, I just, I reworked him, and then yeah. I gave like we all gave him to Gwen, and Gwen was like, "All right, we're gonna build the world around the characters," because um, mm. yeah, um, I, I can only really super talk about. I guess Kalei, because I don't want to reveal too much about other people's characters. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um uh see, gods didn't like exist in the Eberron world, mm-hmm. like proper, like not not the not in the way that like I wanted, like I initially had them like want <laughs> sorry. You're fine. Words. Um so like gods didn't exist. Uh, in the Everon world, like proper, like for like the silver flame, um, mm. and <clears throat> uh, that is sort of where I wanted Kalei to start. I wanted Kalei to have like to be a demigod, mm. um, and I wanted there to be a couple of twists along the way with it too. Yeah, uh, and to sort of create a story like that for a world that wasn't really meant for that. Like Gwen kind of stretched a few things, yeah. pulled them around and made it work. Um, Cause we're like 60 sessions in now. And like where the podcast starts is like, it's like, uh, I can't do math guys. Wow. <laughs> um, it's, it's like rough, a little bit more than 30 sessions. Um, ahead okay, <laughs> we're 30 yeah, yeah. sessions ahead of uh the actual podcast release yeah so i i just know things and i know people <laughs> are going to scream so yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 well that's great for a backlog though um because mm-hmm. let me tell you when those episodes run out and you're like well uh, i don't know what i'm gonna do for next week <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah feeling. yeah um yeah so no, but that's really cool. Like, I think um, I'm so excited for that, and I think that it's it's 
awesome when you can take those types of situations and ideas and explore them and to have a GM that's like willing to like go, yeah, okay. Like I think this is something that we can do, even though it wasn't necessarily part of the initial plan. Um, because one, it should be fun for your players. And two, like, I think it's interesting when you can have things that aren't, that are fantastical in a game that is a fantasy. Like, I am not a religious person at all. I'm an atheist. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do enjoy in a world where gods canonically exist and physically manipulate the world mm. to have them be present um, and not just be like, you know, a whisper on the wind or whatever, like, it's yes. a, un, you know, unanswered prayer. And so, like, mm-hmm. I really enjoy when my players are like, oh, this is my, this is my deity. I'm like, cool. Like, you are going to get some interaction in one way or another uh, from your deity. Uh, that's great. Yeah. I, yes. Um, I think another thing, I mean, I, I do like to explore like themes of religious trauma uh, with mm-hmm. my characters in different ways. Um, yeah. Of course, like, it's not like I have been able to like share all of my characters with the world, but mm-hmm. like, um, my my character in the Zafrin D and D the the TikTok campaign mm-hmm. was like a dampier and like very edgy, very um. I did a lot of work with like the Raven Queen initially, and I reworked their character entirely since then. Yeah. I mean, I still wanted to be them to be a dampier, but like they have like a lot. They have like the dark, edgy, like horror element to them, and yeah. so I wanted to play sort of the. The opposite, I guess, with Calais. Um, I I never like like before this. I never really like leaned into like Asimar, like angel mm-hmm. kind of thing. But I was like, I want to play with that. I want to like mess around with that yeah. and like sort of tell a story about like whew, like how religion can be harmful mm-hmm. in like when when it's used as a tool of oppression by people it's and yeah. it's not necessarily like my character doesn't do that mm-hmm. but they end up learning the the horrors that were committed in the name of the silver flame yeah. um in the past and then having that be like part of the mantle they carry mm-hmm. as a demigod and that's that's one thing and they also deal with the fact that like they're part of a prophecy um a couple a couple of them and (laughs) (laughs) them and their siblings all sort of have dealt with this together been born and raised to believe a certain thing and after the disappearance of their mother, the goddess um, Corinthia, mm-hmm. it, they've gone on their own journeys in the two years that she was gone and yeah. learned more about themselves. And that has led to a number of different problems and issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, problem and issue, problems and issues for some, but yeah. for other people, that might be like <laughs> a very good thing. Um, yeah. Self-exploration, self we'll say that. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's cool. Yeah, I love that. Like, I think that's such so good to like. These are things that your character story are grounded in, um, which is like again, like that 
that's what excites players to come back to the table and to like explore these stories and to stick with the story. And, you know, because uh, honestly, that's the hardest thing of any campaign is like continuing um, as people, you know, their times change, their priorities change, all these other things happen. And oh, yes. Yeah. Trying to keep it all together is the toughest part. Um, I am curious because, um, I mean, obviously, I, I, I know a little bit about you already, you know, from us being together on Discord and stuff like that. But um, you mentioned also uh, before in the show that you, that Capricious Provenance is an all trans, all queer show. And so I'm curious for you, like, um, did exploration of, of identity and sexuality happen for you through TTRPGs or did it happen earlier on in your life? If you're willing to talk about that. Yes. Um, so I, I'd say sexuality was something that happened a bit earlier than gender. Mm. Yeah. Um, however, legitimately was not able to explore any of this until college, until mm. I was free from my own family. Yeah. And they're religious. <laughs> they're, they're they're religious yeah. and ooh, like ooh. <laughs> yeah. um, they're religious influence. Um, yeah. I like as as most people of of my I guess orientation mm. uh, identity may mm. start out as um, I was like okay I think I like women yeah um, and that's that's wild and I'm going to explore that. Mm. And I kind of follow that exploration, but then like I saw Steven universe um, and then the character Stevani. And I was like, Oh, I think I am a, they, them. Mm. I think I am a non-binary yeah. <laughs> individual. Um, but along with that, like I, I also just garnered an interest in, um, I guess studying like the world in college at the same time. Like I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to like take gender uh, and women's studies. And then also like a couple of classes about race. And um, I I wouldn't call it like, I wouldn't call it African-American studies, but like I, I wanted to learn more about like critical race theory type. Yeah, I mm. wanted to learn more about that, like because I didn't necessarily have access to that mm. in, um, like grade school growing up. It's yeah. like how I always tell this to like ev everybody, and when it comes to like t talking about my self discovery, but I'm like I always knew something was wrong. Mm. Just growing up, I I felt like something was wrong with me. Yeah. And then the world was like, this is wrong. But like when I like started experiencing more of the world, I was like, oh, perhaps there is nothing <laughs> wrong with me. It's right, just yeah, the yeah. society we live in and what the society was built upon that is wrong. And I'm like, you know, it opened my eyes to a lot. But yeah. on the subject of specifically like um, queer and transness, mm -hmm. um, I mean, obviously, like, I mean, race interacts with that, too, and it's very important to acknowledge that. And I right, yeah. want people to know that, like, the way race and and gender and transness inter interact are, like, they're heavily intertwined. Mm -hmm. um, but I think um, 
when when I it's just like the deeper I explored these things and the more I like uh figured out about how society <laughs> and like works I just I just I consider myself like gender fluid non-binary and trans masculine yeah. mm-hmm. um though I do like have like an enjoyment of expressing femininity as like a way of like drag and like performance yeah um I I very much think my gender is like fluid I can like you know woman or man as like the specific gender slots I never ever 100% fit into either of those but yeah. like I'm on the spectrum there and I'm also like outside of it just doing whatever I, I just want to do whatever I want yeah, yeah. Um, so um yeah, but as you should yes and I'm I'm like I I I found like m- like most of my my friends like that I have like surrounded myself with are like also queer and trans uh, black indigenous people of color mm-hmm. and we uh, sort of stick together in a type of solidarity mm-hmm. to help us like see each other and hear each other and be able to like feel less alone in the world yeah. <laughs> the, the way it is yeah no absolutely i mean i think like in so many in so many ways how we identify is really informed by a lot of the stuff that you talked about. Like, for sure, I mean, uh, masculinity for me is like, yes, just generally the word masculinity and what that means and what mm-hmm. that can entail, but also like black masculinity and the fact mm. that like I am who I am, I look a certain way, I've developed my body a certain way and and what that means to society, but also like how people will either look at that as a surface level thing or look past it. And, and I think like there's a lot of um, correlations in those things of like, even though I'm not trans, like there's still this conversation around, well, I still look like this. And if Mm -hmm. this is how I'm perceived, Mm -hmm. but it's not, but the way that somebody perceives me isn't what I like, how I actually identify um, like in, in my case, like I'm not a dangerous person. Like, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like all these different things. Like, so like, you know, how does that, how does that work and how do we deal with that? How do we embrace who we are um, knowing that the world can still kind of be scary. And I think like, it's such a fantastic conversation to have. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, And yeah, but I'm always excited anytime anybody can feel like cool. And now I have this ability to like, understand it a little bit more and express it the way that I want to express it and be happy. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. I, and then I guess in relation to TTRPGs, it's like, because I don't think I ever like super 100% answer that. Um, Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) I like, it's like I, my character, my first character was full on like a a cisgendered woman mm-hmm. um 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 a, a character i turned into a mother cuz i still feel like you know in terms of femininity mm-hmm. like i i still feel like i have that uh what one would call like maternal instinct yeah yeah <laughs> to care mm-hmm. but like with my next character um bayani they are they are non-binary, but mm-hmm. like I made them transmasculine, but I did not. I specifically didn't like. I ended up not like transitioning mm-hmm. them in terms of like 
their 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 gender journey. Yeah. I, I wanted them to just, you know, be who they are and then present as what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, because like I think people can be trans mask and not have top surgery. Yeah. Um I'm one of those people. So mm-hmm. um and with Calais, I was like Calais was the character that made me realize that like I was specifically trans masculine and not non-binary. Yeah. Because like I he started off as like, you know, he they um assigned male at birth. Mm-hmm. But then like as I was like playing his character, I was like this I think and and I feel I want to invite more people to do this to to kind of change the gender of their characters like or play with it or like mess with it. Mm-hmm. over the course of like a campaign even if you're already playing with it like it's not that i explicitly stated that clay is cis um at first in mm-hmm. fact i didn't i didn't explain that at all but yeah. like th- and this was during like the first game that he was in um not capricious provenance but mm-hmm. like in capricious provenance i was like it would make more sense for him to be trans yeah I think it. I think that'd be cool, and I wanted to find ways to incorporate that into the design. And I have little little flavorings here and there. It's not necessarily part of their journey on yeah. um, Cabrera's provenance, but mm. it was in the past. And I wanted to find ways to hint or express that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Like, I think that that's one of the things, um, you know, that TTRPGs has done a lot for folks who play them, which is part of why I asked is like that ability to design a character from the ground up um, and and what that means, right? And and how you express uh, who they are and, and everything else. And so I think it's really fascinating. Like, uh, we were both recently... Uh, on some one shots for transplanter um and for me it was very exciting uh but it was also a bit uh nerve-wracking because like i mentioned i'm not trans but i was like Mm -hmm. okay well you can't like i don't want my character to be the only other (laughs) cishet guy (laughs) in the show along with uh adam uh which if you ever listen to transplanter you don't want to be associated with adam um Mm. but also like the way that i looked at it too was like the world of transplanter gender doesn't necessarily really mean the same thing mm-hmm. um you know it's yeah. it's it's different and i think uh cj um our friends classic dragon uh cj mm-hmm. they also mentioned once in a tiktok that i saw that was like if you're in a fantasy world everybody should probably be trans because like why why would you just leave gender the same structure as it is in our world right. now yeah. um so with those two things in mind i was like okay well i think then that uh that my character would just be um he they you know trans non-binary and Mm -hmm. and just kind of like went that way and i didn't get too much into like whether or not uh they would be assigned male or female at birth um i was like i'll Mm -hmm. just let them be (laughs) who they are and and then then we'll go from there yeah Yeah. but like it, it was i will just say like it was a very fun uh exercise and like kind of looking at that stuff and like breaking it down and what does it mean and you know how does it how does it change the way that you look at a character and i think that i 
uh, for that, I really enjoyed. I I, mean, I enjoyed the entire yeah. experience for a ton of reasons. Uh, that was mm. one of the best games I ever played in. But like, yes. yeah, I think it's just a lot of fun. I think more people should do it. I guess is my point. I heavily agree with that. Yeah, and I I I also like love CJ's like yeah. Everybody should be trans. <laughs> yeah, in this world, and I'm like yeah. Well, yeah, like yeah. that makes a lot of sense. It's like. <laughs> it's like I'm, yeah, but it, I mean, it, it's true. Like even the conversation, I think that's, you know, from my dumb brain point of view, like the conversation around like what is masculinity, I think is still like, I'm having the same conversation that you're having that other people are having. Mm. It's just that we're coming at it from different points of view and we're still all trying to define what that word means because it doesn't mean what it meant 50 years ago. Oh, Yes. You know, absolutely. Yes. Uh, and like, and that's something I even like think about now. Cause I'm like, okay, I'm transmasculine, but what does masculinity mean? Like, right. and especially like knowing that, like, I mean, knowing that the patriarchy itself has been like a tool of oppression mm-hmm. and that versus like masculinity, mm-hmm. um, I, I think personally, I think it's like, you know, two different things, but like things have been assigned to like masculinity over time, obviously. Yeah. Like, fuck, like so many terrible people have been like, this is what it means to be a man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, oh my God, I'm <laughs> sorry. No, <you're- laughs> I, okay, I don't want to get into <laughs> to, to all the d- terrible people who've been like trying to like prescribe like, masculinity mm-hmm. and and how how to be a man or how like to alpha like, man mentality yes yeah 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 i'm that's um that's not and but like see but like every, that means everybody views masculinity different and you know yeah. that that's like that's an indication of like you know what is gender really like yeah. we have we have feminine aspects and they have masculine aspects but like what does that mean like why is this why is like you know a strong jawline a masculine trait or like Mm -hmm. is that like is that just like an appearance thing yeah or is it like your behaviors that like you know yeah make you masculine yeah right it's it's i mean it is it's very fascinating because it it is like i think at a certain point like words have to matter right uh, there has to be some kind of defining thing and it, like if if what it is is a conversation a thinking point like i think then that's fine too but i think that there also has to be some kind of defining characteristic or else how do we even right. agree on like you know what i mean and so yeah like i think there's a part of me that's like okay well like things that would be generally prescribed to people who are assigned male at birth would be masculine features um but i don't think everybody feels that way uh mm-hmm. you know what i mean and and yes. vice versa for uh people assigned female at birth and so like so okay so like you know i don't think we need to quantify what these things are but like it's like yeah. again, like it's a conversation and then and then other things of like cool like you know i've always associated like my um you know my physique and my uh uh my strength and my protectiveness and these things to like traditionally being masculine but that's mm-hmm. there are women at, yeah. or femme presenting people who also have those things um exactly. and i'm also i can also be soft and like write poetry and i mm-hmm. care 
a ton about my family and I would do anything for my kids. And um, I don't get offended when my, you know, my daughter, you know, calls me mommy. Like, yeah. And, and that I still feel masculine in that way too. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like it's just, yes. again, I don't know. I don't know. I, Just deconstruct it, people. I yes. guess I don't know. <laughs> deconstruct it because, like I, I, like you said, like we sometimes we need labels to like define, like help yes. define certain things. But yes. like deconstructing these and like making sure we understand like where these come from mm-hmm. can like help a lot with us like realizing like, hey, maybe maybe we are not as cisgendered as we thought yeah. for a change. But like you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think like, yeah, the, the, w- w- where I always think it might get confusing is like, okay, let's say I have two friends named Amihan and I'm like, all right, Hey, can you get find my friend Amihan? Like, well, which one? Uh, the, the <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Shit. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? And so like, that is like where I can see it being a hang up, but I, I really don't think that it's something like, that's such a minuscule thing in the grand scheme mm. of the conversation that like, I hope people don't get caught up on that stuff anymore. Right. And even myself, like, again, this is me as a 34-year-old man who's, like, gone on this journey of, like, understanding, making friends with people who present in a different way mm-hmm. and, like, learning out of respect and care for them um, and just to be a better human being. So, like, anybody can start the journey whenever. I just think it's important for us to, like, not be so hung up on these ideas that yes. we can't have a conversation with somebody anymore just be like oh well, you say yes. you're asking i don't agree and so now i don't want to talk to you like that's so <laughs> oh yeah see yes i'm like i i think that people should have more conversations despite mm-hmm. whatever like discomfort that okay like to a degree but like like yeah, yeah, yeah. if it if it reveals like like if you're not like willing to like discuss I guess gender and with like anybody who's like talking about exploring it in their own way. Like I, I feel like this just like you're just putting it in another box. You like you're not like you're you're looking at it with this form of rigidity that's like I don't know. It's it's like a lot of people ha- come at gender with perhaps and like I say this as somebody who like in the past did this, mm-hmm. like a lot of people come at it like as a, as a as stemming from their own ego, right. Their mm-hmm. sense, their sense of self. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like having these like identities, like is their only thing sort of like anchoring them to this plane of existence and validating them and have giving them a sense of belonging. Yeah. And when that is challenged, like a lot of people have a lot of difficulty yeah. with, doing that and deconstructing what it means Mm -hmm. to be a gender, but also to be that ultimately to be yourself, to, to exist as yourself in this world. Mm -hmm. And people cling to that and have different ways of reacting or different ways of exploring that. And yes, yeah. I mean, I think it's like the, the best way because like the a big journey in my life recently has just been autism. It's like the best uh, the best mm. way to look at it is like yeah, look at how rigidly autism was diagnosed and, and yes. observed, right? And if you mm-hmm. didn't fit this rigid structure which really only like, you know, 
middle class rich white boys got to fit that structure for the most part. Like you weren't going to be, you would just live your life kind of dealing with this idea that you were different and there was no explanation for it. And now we have a better understanding of it and understanding like that it is literally a spectrum. <laughs> like it's like, okay, well now we yes. have this uh, ability to like open our eyes to what else this could be. Um, and I think if you can understand that, then you could hopefully understand the other things that we're talking about. Mm, yes. Ugh, I love, I mean, I, okay, I love talking about autism. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like, uh, well, yeah, that is, that is, probably what some people would say the most autistic thing is is just to have a just an interest in discussing how autism is a spectrum and how it manifests mm-hmm. like if 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 we are both like especially if we're both autistic right yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, if we're like sure. if we are like bouncing off of each other with that energy and that understanding yeah. i it makes it makes I don't know how to describe this. It makes things a lot easier communication wise. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think like in that same way of just like we, part of what makes it so exciting is that we have the words for it now. Like to grow, like, I, I mean, I could go on and on about the things that I experienced in my life and the things that people have said to me and, um, and the ways that I thought I, was and and you know or not enough et cetera et cetera that just could have been at least cleared up a little bit if somebody was like hey navarre you're autistic and it's okay and yeah. you know what i mean and that would have been like oh my god but like the journey to get there is hard and if like it's you know it can be a lot mentally and so like yeah to finally have get to the point where like okay cool i now have the words for this i'm very excited about that because now i get to explore all the things that went on in my life and you know how that worked out. And now there's other people who are also doing the same thing and we get to talk about this together. And that's very exciting. It is. It really, it really is. And there's something I think that is, and I will use the word beautiful again. I mm. use it a lot to describe <laughs> things. I don't, I, I think it's beautiful the way people can connect over mm-hmm. that, over that level of, um, discovery and awareness about oneself but like the the, i i like identify a lot with like you know you saying like it's like it would have been great if like somebody like told me hey navar like you're autistic and that's fine like i think if that had been told to me at a young age i perhaps i could have my journey would have been a lot different Mm -hmm. and I have like run around being undiagnosed with mm-hmm. like a lot of things and like to at at the age of 25 where um according to <laughs> some some Twitter scientists is is when your your cortex develops um <laughs> I discovered was diagnosed with both ADHD and mm-hmm. autism yeah which is a huge explanation for literally everything that I have done that has like and for lack of of a better way to phrase it that has like caused many problems and issues for myself yeah. and for other people as well and has been a point of 
like the behaviors, I guess, have been like a point of shame, something mm. that's been like trying something people have been trying to like get rid of or like, you know, like I had to like I spent my whole life masking and not knowing that I was doing it. And yeah. that is what that was why I was like in pain, hurting all the time and feeling not like myself, mm-hmm. feeling like I had to be another person entirely to exist and be happy in this world. Yeah. 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 Um, it's it's awful. I mean, like I think like I had such a hard time with my old job. Um and I was in a leadership position and I was very good at my job. I was there for almost uh nine years. And there was times when I would be doing stuff and like my boss would be like, you know, people people don't think that you care about them because you're never excited or animated. And it's like no, but I genuinely do care. Like I'm fucking here all the time. I'm doing all this stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and so it's hard because it's like that my brain couldn't understand. Like I yeah. literally care. I feel it in my body. I don't understand how this, these people don't get that. Um, and, and yeah, and it was just because I just didn't, that's not how my brain worked. It didn't work in a way that like makes me animated and to pretend to be like animated when I was already working a 12 hour day job like i it would have been too much the job ended up being too much anyway i left it but like my point <laughs> being is like w- we have these expectations of being neurotypical um or we have these expectations of being whatever in terms of our identity just to kind of bring it all around and like that those mm-hmm. expectations are actually very harmful for us and so when we have the opportunity to let loose and be ourselves like in our favorite discord server um then it's like, this is amazing. This is the feeling that I've yeah. been looking for my entire life of just being free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I like, I mean, I didn't, I identify that too. Cause I, I mean, I, my brand of autism, I like to say, I <laughs> yeah, like, to, yeah. you know, share it was, <laughs> I, I loved animation. Mm. Like I said, yeah. I would always overexpress myself in perhaps a very cringy way. Mm. I would pretend I was a Disney protagonist yeah. and I would sing and do all this and when I was younger. But as I got older, that was like not okay to do. Yeah. It wasn't okay to be into this stuff. And also you should grow up and mm. do this, behave like this and vice versa. And that eventually got like shoved out of me. Oh. And to the point where like it's like it was sort of like a a hard like black and white thing. Yeah. Like I was like, okay, well, I'll just be emotionless. Mm. Let's if if you guys don't want me to be this, then I'll be the opposite. Yeah, yeah. And then that was punished and I was like, <laughs> okay, so what do you yeah. guys want? <laughs> like, you yeah. know. Yeah. And they want yes. you to quote unquote be normal and that's just not that's not how it works. No. Yeah. <laughs> be normal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I mean, uh, yeah. Thank you for sharing all that. Um, mm. Yeah, I love it. Well, thank you for sharing because yeah, I, I like yeah, I like learning about people. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I think like you know, just to kind of bring it all back to TTRPGs, like um, these are obviously like amazing ways that we can express ourselves. But you also express yourself in multiple ways in TTRPGs, as we talked about. So I'm curious for you, um, art, performance and or something else do you have like a 
preference, a desire to be able to put more energy towards one thing? Or do you just enjoy kind of doing all the things you do? I enjoy telling stories. Mm-hmm. And that can come in many mediums, right? Mm-hmm. And I'd say like I'm I am a very eclectic person. Mm-hmm. I have like I mean I have many hobbies, but like some of them I stuck with more than others, but yeah, yeah. but like I I tend to grab like I gravitate towards whatever option will let me do both art and like performing. Yeah. And I mean like like digital art rather yeah, yeah. than performing. Um I I love having visual elements to with with a story. Like I mean it's not that I can't listen to a podcast, but like mm-hmm. for me I much prefer to have like visual elements because I like art, but also it helps me. Yeah. And th- this was like my goal with capricious provenance and this is also why we took like a long break right we needed to like <laughs> yeah we needed to like kind of take a step back and see what we could do mm-hmm. but like having a visual element is important yeah. to me um but also to uh i guess to, to my um my friends mm-hmm. who share a table with me yeah like it just adds a level it like breathes more life into it not saying that like people can't like have a degree of that in a podcast that exists like as like just pure audio like a lot of people can tell brilliant amazing stories through just audio alone with like sound effects and like Mm. foley work and, and all it can be very immersive um but i like i like i like telling stories and i like being able to put different ways of expressing that into like one one thing and so performance i don't do as much like performance but i like streamed i guess ap performances i mean and i think there's there's an element of my own like neurodivergence in there that makes that just a bit more difficult yeah than um doing something like off camera Mm -hmm. um but I still have an enjoyment of it because yeah. um, I like role playing. Um, but like, yeah, I, that that is my answer. I like yeah. telling stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, perfect. Um, do you or have you ever uh, GM'd games? Then? I have not, but um, <laughs> I have found myself in like positions of what one could call like <laughs> leadership or wrangling of some sort, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like where I would come up with various prompts or like settings and mm-hmm. stuff like that. GM like behavior, GM like yeah. activities yeah, in yeah. the <laughs> in the past. Um I am trying to GM mm-hmm. in this upcoming year. That is like one of my goals. I I don't think I made like one of those, you know, how everybody like goes on social media, yeah, makes yeah. a post. I like, I didn't do that because I just simply forgot to, but yeah. like <laughs> I want to GM a game and like specifically like, um, for like a table that I can like trust to yeah. like some, you know, people I'm like from like, you know, I know like we can like 
be on the same page about a lot. Yeah. Um, and like, uh, so that I can like get a, get the hang of it, I guess. But yeah. like, um, I want to do it for Court of Blades, for example. Um, that's, uh, I think that's like the same system that's used for Blades in the Dark. Yeah. Uh, but that's like a sort of like magical, like Italian Renaissance political intrigue, oh, okay. that kind of thing. That's like yeah. my, it's one of my favorite things to like play with. But yeah. uh, I, I want to do more like jamming. Um, but I, I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess like you know, you know how like there's like certain TTRPGs where like there's no GM involved. I love mm-hmm. those too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love those too. Yeah. Um, I play those so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I uh, I think I think you should. It's a lot of fun, and and mm-hmm. like especially when you have GM energy, like where you're just like, yeah, all right, I see like plot point here that this could be a thing mm-hmm. that would be really good. Um, because it's so fun. Like it, it is still such a a collaborative thing anyway. Mm. Um, but yeah. it's just like you get to add more elements as a GM, which I think I find a lot of fun as a s- storyteller to just yes. be like, even though I don't control where this goes, like I can still put all this shit in here and watch you interact with it and see, you know, how much of it you blow up. Yeah. And that's <laughs> what I find like appealing about it too. It's like, I want, I want to be able to like, I guess like, I, you know, I, I've experienced GMs where it's like, this is my story and you guys are just living in it. And I'm yeah. like, I'm not about that. I'm like, I specifically want to help create like a collaborative experience yeah. and then also have these different strings people can pull and then like watch it unravel mm-hmm. and watch like, watch either like, it's like, if it's like the, the thread of like beads on a piece of jewelry and watch it like call, fall to the floor and like yeah. be really messy. Or if it's like a thread and like a quilt and yeah. like you're, you're creating this really nice, huge <laughs> story. And when you like look, sit, look back and you look at it all, it's like, wow, we created this together and we all played a role in it. And it's, and it's, and that can be beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, amazing. I think that's a fantastic place to end. Um, but this has been so good uh, to talk to you and to listen to your stories and and discuss uh, <laughs> gender theory with you. Gender. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I absolutely love it. So, yeah, if you would, before I let you go, uh, if you would like to be found, I guess, where where can people find you on social media? Yes, um, you can find me at the Rose Cleric um, on basically any social media platform. That's Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. Um, if you look it up, uh, you will probably find evidence of my existence there. <laughs> um, and uh, so, I guess for like capricious provenance, if you mm-hmm. are interested in listening to that you can also find that um linked in my card mm-hmm. the rosecleric.card.co um that's yeah <laughs> sorry no yeah perfect <laughs> well yeah again thank you so much i appreciate you coming on oh thank you i i'm very happy to have been invited to talk about stuff and things and yeah. my journey with you And also your journey. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Thank you.
Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you would like to reach out to us, check out the many options on the Anchor app or anchor.fm on your browser. You can also reach us at secretnerdpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to the show, and if you like, leave a review to help us grow this thing. Thank you.